and welcome to episode 16 of our second series, powered by Netball UK. Now, don't forget, you can get everything your netball heart desires at netballuk.co.uk. I am joined, as always, by Sarah and Max. Hello, guys. Hello. Hey. I, I didn't get the grey beige memo today, did I? How are we both? All right. What have we been up to? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Um, back to it this week. We've been doing our little five plus one coach. How's um, it going? Do you know, it's gone really, really well. We've managed to secure a fantastic um, facility. And I'm, I don't want to give any free advertising, but goals, you know, the football pitches and what have yeah. you, because they've got like 15 in one, one location. So we've managed to get there and the weather again has stood yeah. up and uh, you know being really kind to us so that's what we're doing you know we've just got girls everywhere on these football pictures and and what has that been like what's the response to, um, from the girls been like to that max oh, it's been phenomenal and so responsive i think they're just chomping at the bit to get back but the reality is is that they've still got social distancing um, yeah. and we can't you know give them sessions of 90 minutes two hours you know we're keeping it to maybe 45 minutes really really low impact stuff no contact uh, and it's just more about them socializing again and being able to talk to the girls within their squads absolutely and i think compared to where we were a few weeks ago this is just amazing it's yeah. just brilliant to have it and also um you know even more importantly max what are we baking today well, today we have Terry's Chocolate Orange Fudge. Oh, Max, you've got me already. And we've got Millionaire Cookie, which is... Oh, yeah. yeah. Do you fancy a bit of that, Sarah? Yeah, I'm on board for this. Yeah, so it's Millionaire's, no shortbread at the bottom, that's your cookie dough at the bottom. Oh, Max. Um, with milk, chocolate, uh, dark chocolate and white chocolate. Then on top of that, you've got your caramel and then you've got your chocolate, with which is your Millionaire's bit. Oh, Mags, Sarah, I'm going to go, oh yeah, that's right, just show us what we could have had. <laughs> what, you could have won? Yeah. <laughs> You'll have to tell me which your favourites are and I'll make sure that when we are actually physically back together, I will do you a huge doggy bag of them. Thank you. Yeah, well, we'll have to try them all first. Thank you, Mags. <laughs> Sarah, what have you been up to? Talk us through your week. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Um, How's the sofa been? Sofa's been great. <laughs> been on a few runs. Nice. Um, enjoyed that. I, I, again, you know, don't like it when it's too hot or too cold. Mm. So it's it's got to be just right. A little bit Goldilocks on my run. Um, uh, Sarah, are you a tanner or a non-tanner? Um, everywhere but my face tans, which right. is really annoying. Right. It's funny you should say that because I was actually looking at you thinking, Sarah looks like she's got a bit of a tan on her face. Oh, so thank you. You've clearly thank been you. out a bit more this week. Anyway. Yeah, I usually just like burn a strip on the top of my forehead. <laughs> but I often wear a hat because I don't want to burn that. And um, yeah, everywhere else but my face tans. So yeah, <laughs> been on a few runs um, and cleared, like, cleared some junk out, taken plenty down to the charity place down the road for the refugees which is nice oh good I've made nice. better about getting rid of loads of stuff and that's about it hey you've had a, you've had a good productive busy. week yeah that's good this is netball nation powered by netball uk your one-stop shop for everything netball 
Well, thank you very much for joining us, as always, girls. Summer came, went away uh, for a little while, and uh, as Mag said a moment ago, seems to have come back this week for us in the form of a heat wave, just in time for beer gardens and restaurants to open again. Get in. Uh, right with, I cannot wait. Yeah, I'll tell you what, when we check in next week with Sarah, Mags, she's yeah, going to be like, garden. been out every day. Yeah. Well, it'll, be, it'll be done from underneath of a picnic table in some bloody yeah. beer garden. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's going to be very entertaining, that's for sure. All right, then, without further ado, let's run through what's coming up on this week's show. Elite Netball is back in New Zealand, and it was a weekend of four matches in the ANZ with some real quality on show. We're going to be dissecting the round two games and looking ahead to round three. Sport and technology. Could netball benefit from technology such as Hawkeye used in tennis or VAR in football? Or could one even be invented, especially for the sport? But first up, we'll be chatting to this week's special guest, which is Ryan Allen, who's the president of the England Men's and Mixed Netball Association. What a title that is, Ryan. It is. It's huge. That's why we shortened it to Emner. It's much easier to pronounce them um, <laughs> yeah, because we had to encompass everything. Um, yeah, it is. It's quite a lengthy one. Well, thank you so much for joining us, a man of such importance. We appreciated it. Um, and and uh, girls, we've not done the round of applause. Hang on. All right. All for you, Ryan. All for you. There we go. There we go. <laughs> um, now, Ryan, first things first, um, how have you been? Lockdown, how's everything been treating you? Yeah, it's, uh, well, it's, been, it's, been, it's been a bit of a challenge, hasn't it? Um, I, I, I quite timely left my normal job at, in December with, um, to, to spend a bit of time setting, finalising Emna. Then I went to Australia for a couple of weeks to meet with family and then lockdown started and so I haven't been able to find proper employment since. So I've been a full-time dad, which has been absolutely amazing and challenging all at once with a three-and-a-half-year-old daughter. Wow. Um, I've had some really good times. My baking skills are incredible now. Um, but when she started back at nursery this week, it was fantastic. So it was the first <laughs> well, time I've dead silence. <laughs> to be honest, Ryan, I think we're just amazed that you're awake, if that's what you've been doing. Yeah. You <laughs> must be uh, I've had a few sleep-ins this week. It's been lovely. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Um, we chatted in depth about men's netball in the show a couple of weeks ago, and it got quite a positive reaction. So we just wanted to explore the sport a little further, which hence okay. us obviously having you here. So first up, how did you first get involved in netball? And why is the sport for men and mixed teams so important to you, Ryan? Yeah, so um, I'm I'm British, but grew, spent a big chunk of my um my, my life grew up in Australia, so my accent might give me away a bit there. Um, and I, I started playing in, in Sydney as, as something, just, just something socially. And then when I moved over here, back over here 14 years ago, I was essentially off the plane and straight into a social netball team. Um, and it's, it's, been, it's, it's, it's been something that's, you know, my, my core group of friends is all around netball. Um, and so that's just developed um, over the last 14 years. I represented England playing for indoor nets at the World Cup. I, um, I was the coach for the mixed team at the World Cup in South Africa last year. So my involvement in netball has just grown and grown. And then uh, a couple of years ago, um, Lewis and Chris started Knights Netball and I joined them from day one and um, was heavily involved in that and been a part of their leadership team. Um, and again, that just progressed after the success that they've seen over the last couple of years that you guys will be aware of, you know, they're getting some pretty high profile games and, you know, getting a, getting a lot of publicity. Um, the, there was uh, the announcement that the, the first uh, Men's and Mixed Netball World Cup was to be held in October of this year in Australia. 
And we wanted to ensure that the, we, we wanted to send an England team and we needed it to be independently selected. So there was an opportunity there, a gap in the market. There was no association to actually cover um, men's and mixed netball in that way. Um, England netball recognises men's and mixed, but it's not something that um, falls under their remit. They, they wouldn't be proactively going to, to select and trial, trial teams in order for them to get the, to the World Cup. So that was initially the, the first step is, well, we want to send it. We want to send an England team and we actually want to send, um, you know, the best representative teams that we could. And from there, um, when, when, I, when I started looking at forming the association, it was key that, you know, to set, out, set our goals of actually growing the sport for all, to providing competitions to the elite level teams um, and just getting more and more people involved. Once I started getting more and more involved and the um, the announcements were getting out that we were forming the association, we were, um, we were quite blown away with the number of parents and um, teachers that were getting in touch in regards to youth players as well. You know, 11-year-old boys being told that there they, they really wasn't an opportunity for them to play anymore. Um, so, you know, we, we've got a really big part of our strategy is to try and bridge that gap for, for boys aged 11 to 16 to, to continue to get them playing. Mm. Obviously, boys from 11 and under do play mix, but, you know, there's, um, there's you know, people so the, the, the guys and girls develop at different rates and in general, especially at schools, they, they stop playing, the boys stop playing um, netball and, you, you know, you'd be shocked at how many parents and, and boys that, that, that are still keen to actually play. Um, so that was... Um, that, that, was, that was a big priority for us. And then in, in order to sort of get this all going along as well, we need to establish um, a, a proper men's and mixed league as well, which, uh, which, which we are working on as, um, at the same time. I mean, it's safe to say, Ryan, you're a pretty busy man. How, how, busy. <laughs> how do you juggle all of this? How do you find the time to juggle all of this? Um, I've got a really good team in place. So the board's made up of five people, so we really divide the work up. We've got a committee of four, and that's about to grow to seven. Um, as we move closer to, to final, you know, lockdown got in the way of getting to our final stages of selection. We did hold the first few trials for the England squads. Um, prior to lockdown. Um, once we've got that team selected, we'll, we'll bring many more volunteers on board in order to make that happen as well. Um, you know, I, I was heavily involved in, in sending teams to the World Cup for the, for the indoor teams. So I know, you know, the amount of work that's required and um, it just wouldn't be able to happen without the volunteers. Um, and we've, we've got, you know, like I said, you know, soon to be tw a team of 12 volunteers working on this to actually make it happen. And that will continue to grow. And there's more and more people want to be involved, which is fantastic. And, and it must be exciting for you being a part of that growth very much so yeah the last two years has been incredible it, it really has to sort of see you know men have been playing netball in this country for, for years like decades there's been previously england men's teams there's been mixed teams um and there's been men playing social netball you know, all across the country you know there's hundreds of men in the in the league i play in london alone there's like 130 men that play wow. in that so there are there are men playing anywhere but there's never been sort of clear pathways for them there's never really been um real opportunity to represent their country in elite level um we're just trying to to, to, to build something where that can happen. It's exciting. Can I just ask you, yeah, on, just ask you Ryan? I mean, you said yep. that there are 130 playing, you know, in the league that you're uh, aligned to. What was yep. it like across the rest of the country then? Um, for, for, from my understanding, the, the, there are social mixed leagues pretty much everywhere. There's quite good numbers in Birmingham and Manchester, um, in Leeds. Funnily enough, you know, it, it's where all the, um, the men's teams uh, are being for formed. So you, obviously you've got Knights, which is London-based, Giants, the new one um, being London-based. You've got Titans based up near Leeds. Um, you've got Spartans, which will be based in Manchester, and there's Hawks that will be down southwest around Bristol Way. So those kind of hubs, they do actually have social mixed leagues there, and there are men in, in those areas that are really keen to play netball. And 
What is it like um, being a man in what is ordinarily, you know, a female-dominated sport? Um, we've never really, you know, obviously it is a female-dominated sport, but we've never really seen, um, you know, there's been, we've done a few interviews with like on the BBC, we've had some videos on Sky, and if you go into the comments there and read those, um, they can be quite soul-destroying. Um, but we, we, just, we just ignore it. It's not, um, it, it doesn't bother us. We absolutely love netball. Everyone that plays is so passionate about it. They want what's best. They just want to grow the sport for everyone. Um, and we, we're just here to support in any way that we can. We're not trying to take the shine away from the women's game in any way. We're not trying to, you know, become a professional league. You know, the men in, the, the, the men in Australia and New Zealand have uh, been, their associations have been in place for over 30 years. Um, you know, they've got well-established leagues, but they're not, they're not taking anything away from the sport. If anything, you know, they've been in a position to help to, to help the elite level women as well. So it's, um, it's exciting to be a part of it. It's exciting to see women's sport grow. Um, and it's exciting to be part of this, this predominantly female-driven and led sport. You know, all our heroes are, are, are the women. I mean, that's it. that must be nice, Mags and Sarah, for, for you to hear as well. Uh, it's commendable. I can only, you know, raise my hand and say, woohoo, amen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, obviously we, we champion netball. We are Netball Nation here. So um, we, we salute you for doing what you're doing. But, uh, and you say, you know, with the comments and what people say that, you know, you just ignore them. But mm. how do you see that um, changing moving forward? And how do you, how do you think that's doable? How, how do you change that? I think, I think we were already starting to see a change. I think the perception of netball was definitely changing after the Commonwealth Games. I think it was definitely, you know, we were definitely riding a wave there, winning the Sports Personality Team of the Year and Moment of the Year. I think there was so much happening and so much more acceptance. A lot more people were talking about netball, you know, during that period and even during the World Cup, you know, getting comments from people that potentially had maybe made fun of the guys for playing the sport before, which, which did happen to actually saying this sport is incredible. You know, there was such great examples of the sport um, and there was such significant momentum so to be to be able to be part of that and to try and keep that momentum going and keep netball in the spotlight is you know is really what we're trying to do absolutely and and just talk us through ryan the, the new giants franchise um which is obviously an exciting step for you as well yeah very very exciting so like, like i said before I've, I've been a part of, of night since since day one um but and then also as part of my role um as the president of, of, of emna we, we will really want to get this league up and running um so there was a there's a there was a gap in the market in order to uh to have another established london-based team um, I've been a part of the London Giants AFL team, which is affiliated to the Greater Western Sydney Giants um, for, for the past 10 years. I was their vice president for a little while. I seem to do that a lot. Um, so it, it, I, I had the conversations with them and said, oh, you know, would you be interested in expanding, you know, similar to what they did in, in Australia? Would you be um, interested in expanding into, into AFL? And they were very keen for it. I reached out to the general manager of, um, of Giants Netball Australia just to make sure that they wouldn't have any concerns with an amateur, you know, got to be clear, it's an amateur men's uh, mixed netball team over here using their branding and name. Um, you know, we've had the support of a Giants AFL team um, for, the, for the last few years. They've even sent kit over. They, they share our team photo every year. Um, and they were very supportive of it. I think, you know, the, the, the feedback I got was like, yes, please uh, go for it. Um, and they've since obviously they've been very supportive. They've been very active on social media. Um, you know, I'll, I'll stay in touch with them and you know, see if they, we can get any anything out of them as well. But yeah, so it, it's been driven from over here. But they've been very open to us using their their name and branding. It's, it's amazing. It's so everything that you said.
I mean, since you've joined us, it's all positive. And what I want to know, Ryan, is if the, if there are any any guys out there listening to this right now, um, how would you? What would you say to them about men's and mixed netball? How do they get involved? Um, what does it look like? How exciting is it for them? Yeah, of course. Well, I think um, the easiest way is that you can jump and check out our website. Um, you know, nice little plug there, englandmma.com. Um, or if you just Google uh, England men's netball, it should, it should come up hopefully on the first page. Um, and we could, we, you know, if you let us know which area we're in, we can put you in touch with either a social league. Um, a lot of the, you know, what we're going to be calling like the, the league level teams, so the Knights, Titans, Spartans and Hawks and Giants, they'll be um, doing call-outs for trials. So if there's people out there that want to play at an elite level um, where there'll be opportunities to, to play nationally and travel around the country playing um you know keep your eyes out follow them all on social media as well um but if you if you, if you just really want to give it a try and you, you don't want to play at that level there are so many social leagues out there and um you know you just just go and have a fun every single one i've played in and i've played in quite a few they're so welcoming they're so social um and they've got everything from social grade to, you know to, to amateur to, to you know elite level grades in there and um, it's just a fantastic game just give it a go um, you know, you, you, you see how much we love it. Um, I'm sure you guys will as well. And, and Max and Sarah as well, um, for you guys who, you know, play in, in, in the female sport and have great experience in it, it must be great to hear um, this happening, hearing Ryan talk about it. Yeah, it's awesome. And I think, for, like, for us at Lightning, um, playing the Knights is sort of like a, a regular pre-season fixture now. And I think it is for most Super League teams. They, the men have... Um, such a different way of playing the game in terms of like their vision, their ability to pass long ball. Uh, it gives you a, a totally different challenge. Um, and I think it's nice that, you know, we're, we're seeing more male teams come in. Um, there's going to be more competition and Super League teams are always crying out for, for competition and, and for people to play and um, playing like the Knights and, and England men previously, you know, when, when, yeah. when I've been involved in England stuff. Um, it's just always really great you know a, a, a really good game um, really nice to chat to the guys afterwards and, and just a, a great way of, of you know promoting the sport to men but also you know it, it's not it's not men's netball we're just playing netball you know like yeah. it's yep. just one game yeah and um ditto and everything Sarah said there but I can remember my first experience of playing against like the England men's team mm -hmm. and, um, and I'm talking like early 90s yep. and um, England netball had the uh, foresight when we were going across to the West Indies to play Jamaica and because of the style of play in the West yep. Indies you know the elevation that those girls have the natural athletes Mm -hmm. The thought was, let's get the guys in and let's just see what happens because of the physical element, the body and body, considered it's a non-contact sport, yeah. but also the elevation as well. And some of my happiest memories, um, I go back to the 90s playing against the men's team, they were so skillful and, and it was an absolute joy and a pleasure to see. And I'm delighted to, know, to sort of say that we, within our own franchise, you know, we're trying to get a boys team up and every every week there's more and more and more boys coming um and it's just to the benefit of the game and the benefit of everybody so long way it go on also um shout out to colin gordon who used to do some of the best sledging i've ever heard in netball well, do you know what, um, Ryan, thank you so much. And if you are listening to this week's episode and you're thinking, do you know what? Yeah, I am interested. Get in touch with us at Netball Nation and let us know if you've looked into it or what, what you've done, what steps you've taken. Ryan, thank you so much for donning your best shirt and joining <laughs> us on Netball Nation. 
it's coming off now. I'm going to go put a normal T-shirt on. <laughs> well, we'll let you go before you do that. Um, but thank, thank you so, so much. Genuinely, cheers for coming on and joining us. Thanks, Emma. I appreciate it. Thanks, Sarah. Thank Thanks, you. Yeah, really take care, Thanks. Good luck. Bye-bye. Now then, before we scoot on to the next section, um, we heard earlier this week of the decision of Anna Carter uh, to leave Leeds Rhinos as their director of netball. So, Max, does this change anything with regards to the vision of the club? Um, obviously, um, saddened to hear about Anna's departure as director of netball, but the actual end goal and the vision remains the same. You know, the netball will hopefully end up being as big a brand as their rugby is. We have the full support of the rugby club. We are fully embedded within the rugby club. And um, Dan Ryan, as our head coach, will continue to do the work he's doing in trying to pull together his wish list. Let's put it put it that way. Mm. So the desire, the ambition um, to be part of the Super League in 2021, it goes on. Uh, with huge thanks to Anna for everything that she's done because without her vision over the last four years, who knows whether we would be at this point. But yeah, um, best of luck and best wishes to Anna in whatever future um, you know, things she does with her life. Absolutely. Max, what, what happens to those responsibilities now? Is, is that going to be done in terms of contracting and, and those that this time of year? Yeah, so we have a, um, like a, a pathway manager within the rugby club that is going to be looking after all things netball. And between himself and Dan, I think that they're going to be dealing with the contracts. The uh, manager within the, the, net, the rugby, rather, you know, they've been dealing with player contracts for years because it's a sporting club. Mm. So they know exactly what to do. You know, they've dealt with the home office for years because they've had overseas players come in to play rugby. So everything that we need in relation to the administration um, is already in place. So there are people within the rugby club doing everything that happens within netball already. Mm. Yeah, thanks for clearing that up for us, Mags. And like you say, best of luck as well to Anna. We've had a tweet in from Emma Blossom who says, I'd be keen to hear views on how the cancellation of the Super League affects Rhino's recruitment for their 2021 campaign if they can't assess players this season. Well, as I already alluded to, um, you know, Dan has his wish list yeah. of players and... You know, there's no surprises, is there? The players have to come from somewhere within what's already there. Yeah. Um, it's just a case of whether we're able to offer those players, um, you know, a package which is acceptable to them. That said, you know, this halt on being able to speak to players, it affects all the franchises because, you know, I'm sure you'll ask Sarah the same question. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there may be players within their own franchises that are coming to the end of their contracts. The coaches, directors of netball, you know, they may have decided that they don't particularly wish to extend that contract to that player. So they'll be on the lookout as well across all the franchises for, for players. So it kind of affects everybody, um, but it doesn't help that the stable door is well and truly shut at the moment because England netball are not allowing uh, those sorts of contacts and communications to take place. But as soon as the stable door is open, I'm sure uh, Dan will be going in and uh, making contact with certain players. And like you say, everybody is in, in the same situation. Um, how, how will you be affected, Tara? Yeah, I was going to say, forget about rhinos. It's just, <laughs> we're all in a bit of trouble. <laughs> but, but how, how does it affect recruitment for Lightning? Like, yeah. Well, it, it affects it in, in different ways. So, like... For us, we had a lot of new players in this year. You don't see that much of them to make decisions on their long-term future. So mm. you're kind of, almost you're going off what you've seen in training for, for a lot of players. Um, 
I mean, for, for people like Rhinos, what, what you'll find as well is players sometimes haven't had chance to get sick of being at a club. You know, yeah. normally there'll be players who spend the entire season on the bench and don't enjoy doing that or don't enjoy the environment and they, and they look to leave. You're probably going to get less of that because you only had three games. Um, but, you know, like you said, everyone's in the same scenario. We, we've, if, if, if we were looking to recruit potentially players from other teams, we've, we've not seen much of them either. Um, and then the salary cap's coming down a little bit. So you, you've got to be smart with where you're going to put your money and, and who you're going to put your money into. So it's a difficult time at the minute. And, and like you say, I think the only, the only comfort, if any, is that it's universally difficult. There isn't anybody that's coming out of this better off, is there? No, not, not at all. Not at all. And, you know, our hope and our desire would be to just tap into some of the girls who are Yorkshire born and bred that are not currently uh, aligned to any franchises because that makes it so much easier um, and we do have a few girls you know floating about Yorkshire that have um, been part of a franchise maybe touched on the England door as well are currently not contracted anywhere so you know the the model that Manchester have is quite a nice one where they're able to churn girls through and through that involving door and um, not everybody's in a position to to do that but um, yeah we will probably have to go on what we know and what we've seen before. Yeah, and obviously uh, we'll be chatting about it on Netball Nation as things unfold and we find out what is going on. Uh, thank you, Emma, for your question, for sending that in. Um, remember, you can share with us your thoughts and questions and we will do our best to include them. Get in touch via social media or to hello at mynetballnation.com. Now then, we move on to technology in sports. So the Premier League returned after a 100-day absence last week and with it came the return of VAR and other in-game technology, including goal line software. But it wasn't long before this technology was dominating the conversation and not the action taking place. Um, I'm sure you've already seen this, girls, but Sheffield United thought they'd scored against Aston Villa when the ball clearly... <laughs> Mags is going, no, I haven't seen it. So we'll let you know, Mags, and anyone else who didn't see it. Yeah. Basically, Sheffield United... I'm just going to... In my opinion, Sheffield United scored a goal. It was clearly across yeah, the line. Yeah, it was, it was a goal, wasn't it? But Hawkeye let them down. Um, How so did all, let them down? How um, did well, normally... No normally it would, yeah, <laughs> it was... It. The, the watch would buzz, wouldn't it? Basically, technology let them down. It's like a one in 9,000 chance that that would happen. It's just so rare, but it, it did. It was the technology know, that let them down. They say can't the riff, can't the But riff they get it wrong so often that it can't yeah. be one in 9,000 because it's getting wrong all the time. <laughs> Well, the, well this, where were the other 8,999? <laughs> in Azerbaijan or something yeah. like that. <laughs> well, do you know what? I can see what your opinion's going to be before I even ask you the question, Sarah. Because I was going to say, do you reckon, um, is, is technology a good thing in sport, despite the odd malfunction? Technology is a good thing in sport. I think football have got it so wrong with VAR. Um, like, you watch Rugby Union and or rugby league as well, and they go, they go to it, you know, is it a try or a no try? You know, 30 seconds, minute max, made a decision, and everyone gets on with it. Football, well, one, how, how can you get it wrong so often when you've got so much damn money? You're getting it wrong, you've got refs running over to little booths, it's like taking like 10 minutes, everyone's yeah. scared to celebrate whether they've scored a goal or not because everything <laughs> gets checked. It's just ruining the game. So if you're going to do it, do it properly so it doesn't it doesn't 
ruin what the game was to begin with. Can I just I, I, ask you this question? When they actually do the VAR or whatever it's called in football, is it played so that all the spectators and everybody can see what the third ref or fifth ref is looking at? No, you just, you see, you, that's you, the beauty you just have to wait for the decision to be shown right. on the screen. Well, you see, that's the beauty because when they do it with the rugby and they do it with the cricket, everybody, and I know there's loads of armchair refs, but mm. everybody gets to see what that and, extra and the ref tennis, is looking at. Like, Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. So Go everybody on. sees it and you can see it from all the different angles and, you know, whether you agree with it or you don't, everybody gets to see what's being looked at. Yeah, well, do you know what? I think uh, VAR has come under a lot of criticism, hasn't it, this season? And I think they are going to have to improve it. If it's going to be sustainable, they're going to have to work on I, a way I, of I making it. I think the sport it. needs it. I think the sport needs that technology yeah. because, you know, there's so much at stake. Um, but at the minute, they've got it wrong. I'd agree with that. Although, to be fair, Sarah, I can't say that it was a, a great game anyway when your beloved <laughs> Liverpool were playing the other night. I mean... <laughs> no. You that didn't even terrible. need VAR to kill the momentum oh. there, did you? I mean, it was it was so bad because it was so hyped up as well. Yeah. Like, oh my God, yes, let's watch this game. And then it was such a terrible game. Was it? <laughs> I mean, it was a Merseyside derby, which, yeah, yeah. I mean, but then you remove the fans. So, I mean, 70% of it's gone anyway, isn't it then? And then it was just, I mean, with the greatest respect, Sarah, I think we were expecting a lot more from Liverpool. What was the yeah. final score? Nil nil against Everton, yeah, and oh. Everton, Everton. I would go as far as to say dominated, didn't they? Really, but anyway, I digress. So, um, in are your you wanting to pick then, a fight, Emma? Yes. You want to pick a fight with Sarah? <laughs> <laughs> right. Dominated. They had the better chances. I'll give you that, Emma. Dominated. Jeez. Listen, yeah. I'm just fight, fight, Sarah. Fight. I'm just feeling for you because I feel like you've waited so long now. You're not going to get the celebration that you deserve when they, you know, they finally get the trophy, and then uh, they're just really dragging it out for you now. It's I know, but it'd still be good if we could do it at City, wouldn't it? It would. It would be good. It would be good, that. Um, but uh, back to netball, do you think technology has a place uh, in, in the sport and how does it look to you guys? The netball? See, yeah. They've already got a little bit of technology, haven't they? The, you know, the umpires have a, a little bit of technology in relation to when it's full time, they've got something on the wrist that buzzes and we've seen that go wrong as well. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, I think I think netball's too quick to do it in game. So I think you ruin the game if you start sending decisions to third umpires or anything like that. What what I would quite like to see in netball is retrospective action taken on on players. Mm -hmm. So when we were talking about Wilson earlier in the season um, getting sent off and things like that, I think judgments on whether players should be banned or or, or things like that should be able to be taken retrospectively. So, if, and what about if the, the score then, Sarah? Because it, it wouldn't have any impact on the final score, other than the fact you could play the next game. Yeah, no, it wouldn't. But I think a lot of things get missed as well. You know, I've been in Correct. I've been in games where people, like punches have been thrown, and, yeah. and the umpire hasn't seen it. So, yeah, it's not going to impact that game, and that's frustrating. But there's still action taken, and I think you know the AFL do a similar thing in Australia where. You know, sometimes they might just get fined, sometimes they'll get banned or whatever. But I think at the minute, the way the sport's going as well, with how physical it's getting, um, you could get to the point where, you know, there's some dangerous play and, and players need to be pulled up on it. So if the umpire misses it, which is, you know, human error, then I think retrospective action should be able to be taken. And I have to agree with that. I also would like to see maybe the rules changed as to the areas of responsibility for umpires because that might help as well. I know it gives a clear 
delineation as to who covers what, but there's so many infringements seen by the, the umpire not in play that they should maybe be able to call. Because if we go back to Sarah's example of a punch being thrown, the other umpire may well have seen that punch but can't say anything because it's not within their area. You deal with it then and there then, don't you, rather than it being retrospective. All the umpires watch the games back, so they will see it. They should get the feedback about it as well. But if they could maybe, if it's a serious infringement, like the intentional grab and pull or the punch or, um, you know, language sometimes that's used, other umpire could call it there and then and deal with it. I think they actually can now. I mean, I'm, I'm no rules expert because I broke most of them. <laughs> but I think, I think the... I think the umpire. Um, yeah, I, we need to get an umpire on because I think the opposite yes. umpire can now, but I just think it's very, very rare. Um, well, I think some umpires are scared to um, undermine. Oh, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly, because we still have. Sorry, Emma, because I know you're trying no, to. Think, but we do have, um, you know, like a pecking order with umpires. Let's put it that way. And uh, for as much as I have every respect for the umpires, because we can't play the game without them, um, there are some that maybe would be a little bit intimidated to uh, call in somebody else's half of the court. Well, do you know what? If you are an umpire listening to this, or if you know one that you think might want to chat to Netball Nation, feel free to give them a nudge, send them in our direction, and we can try and get them on the show, eh? Well, this is the first time I've ever asked you're feeling a bit warm this is this is where we see how many sarah has annoyed over the years yeah. <laughs> um but why do you think retrospective action isn't a thing already really in those instances i think i just think it's never the game's always been assumed to be sort of in control enough that it's not needed so even if something was missed, you know, you miss a penalty, like, well, it happens all the time, whatever. But I think it's getting a bit more serious now. You look at some incidents that happened in Suncourt last year and um, Courtney Bruce ended up with a broken arm, didn't she? Because um, someone came in underneath her, things like that. And then, and then you can allow for the consequences of what's happened as well. You know, like in rugby, when it's a... Um, like a tackle in the air or something, they they sort of take into consideration whether that player was injured and, mm. you know, the consequences for that team is taken into consideration for, for the punishment of, of what happened. But um, so, yeah, I think, I think previously it was always assumed that the game was in control, whereas now I think it's getting to the point where it's sort of physical enough and there's enough going on off the ball that you can't assume umpires are going to see everything. Mm. And, um, you know, I'm bringing it closer to home. I could think of a game involving your team, Sarah and involving wasps, where there was some serious dilly-dallying going on. And whether it was seen or not, it was dangerous, severely dangerous. Yeah. And so retrospectively, if it, which it will have been seen by the umpires because they will have watched it back. Retrospectively, if they'd dished out some sort of penalty for that, that would have been ascending. Well, they wouldn't have played the next game. Mm. The actual play would not play the next game. So basically what we're taking from this then is, guys, that uh, retrospective action, uh, you know, maybe not so much technology, but retrospective action would be a good, a good move. I think it would. I think, I think it's, it, again, like everything, it, it needs to have clear guidelines around it. What's it being used for? What incidents is it being used for? And what's it not being used for? Because otherwise, you know, it, it becomes difficult and it becomes contentious again. Mm. But um, I, I, I think it's something that probably needs to happen. 
in the next few years. Yeah, and can I just throw this warning in before I make this next comment? Not for one minute do I think that netball is anywhere near as physical as rugby, but retrospective looks at fixtures that have been played within that sport have sometimes tipped out criminal charges because of the mm -hmm. intent of some uh, individuals on teams. So we're nowhere near that, but that's what the, the opportunity to look back at a game gives you you can see that people's intent is there and it's serious because they're, they're life-changing some of these incidents that happen. Of course they are. And, and I think, you know, th this is a great debate, a great discussion that you've just had. And I'm sure you listening to this will have your own opinions of it. You might even have other, other suggestions of things. So feel free to get in touch and let us know. And as always, we will try and cover it in next week's podcast. Now then, we move on to the ANZ round two. But before we do get to that, we can't ignore the huge announcement that Super Netball in Australia have introduced a two-point goal rule. This means that teams will receive two points for a super shot that is scored from a zone 1.9 metres out. The rule will apply for the final five minutes of a quarter of the whole of five minutes extra time. Now, it's been widely slammed by fans and players, including England's Helen Halsby. So, over to you girls. Initial thoughts. I think yeah. I know. Trying to go first, Sarah. I, I, I think I know. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying so hard not to laugh because I genuinely find this quite hysterical. One, because you've not consulted your teams, you've not consulted your players, you consulted your fans and they didn't want it. You put out an article saying fans didn't want it, and now you're yet I <laughs> going. Guess what we're gonna do? Uh. <laughs> and it's, it's so funny, only because also. You're sabotaging your own national mm. team. So the Australian League is almost working against the Australian Diamond. I, yeah. When it comes to internationals, <laughs> you've not got rolling subs, you've not got timeouts, and you've not got super shots. So I don't... I don't Play to the Kiwi strength. It's annoying me. I mean, it's clear. It's clear what your opinion of you is on this, Sarah. But... Max, can, yes. can you see at all where they're coming from? Can you see any, any reason or any positive from this? We've got Fast Five for all the flicks, tricks and games. Mm. You know, and I, I'm very much up for change if it's going to make the game a better game. And, you know, and I like the fact that other sports have tried to find a fast version, a more, you know, entertaining version you yeah. know with the cricket you know the 2020 cricket we even got you know um you know rugby sevens when it comes to the the rugby um and you know if you wanted to you could do the tennis somebody tell me do they just play three sets instead of five the men to keep it faster and keep the momentum going i don't know so there is a entertainment version of most sports keep the one that we've got with tweaks that i accept you know maybe are necessary to make it quicker faster less pauses do, I need, do they need that two-point shot? No, not for me. What's, what's also interesting is the timing of this. So teams have already recruited. So there's, there's teams, and I mean, someone used Firebirds as an example. The Firebird shooting circle, Romelda Aitken, Gretel, Tippett. <sighs> like, that is, not, that is not a team built <laughs> for two-point shots. No. And I was, I was we were te texting Joe, um, Joe Hart this morning, just joking, like, if you'd had this when your contract negotiations, you could have got paid a tonne of gold <laughs> in, in this competition because it's, like, made for you. But teams have recruited already. Like, they can't mm. change who's in their team. And you've just added this rule, which completely changes the shooting end for the last five minutes of every quarter. It's just, it, none of it makes sense to me. Have you heard anybody who understands it and, and agrees with it? 
Well, some, some people are like, oh, you know, it'll make it exciting. It'll, it'll, you know, add entertainment value and things like this. But I just think there's a limit to how much you can change the game and it's without it not being netball. You know, we're, we're, we're going dangerously towards basketball territory here. Mm. And, and I say dangerously, like I love basketball, but it's a different sport. Keep it a different sport. Like you've, you've got your role in subs, which is very basketball in this league this year. Now you've got a two-point shot. It, it, it's, it's kind of getting in the territory where it's not netball anymore. And some of and the teams aren't going to use it, Sarah. Some of the teams that don't have shooters equipped for that kind of skill, they ain't going to use that two-point Well, I'm all about a revolution. I'm just like, team, if teams just didn't bother using it all the time, it's like, yeah. what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Well, this is the thing. Like, is, there, is that it now? Is that what's happening? Or is, there, is, is it open to change? Like, or is, it just, is that just it? Done now. I, it'll be interesting to see because I think I think the announcement was like this is it, um, but the response has been so overwhelmingly negative towards it that it'll be interesting to see if they do any quick backtracking on this. Yeah, I'd have more respect for them if they went with public opinion, which they already have. I'd have more respect for them if they went with player opinion, which they've already had, and accept that you know it was something that they wanted to introduce, but in retrospect, we decided that maybe it's not a good thing, and we'll look at it for the following season when teams then have the opportunity to recruit accordingly. Well, let's see then. We'll uh, keep our eyes and ears peeled and see if there is a U-turn that we're talking about on a podcast at some point. Uh, but let's crack on. In fact, let's reopen the kitty. Four days of netball matches in a row. Did you enjoy it, girls? It was fabulous. I enjoyed it. Yes. Yes, I, I think I can guess why Sarah enjoyed it. But first up, um, you know, let, let's chat about the fact that each quarter was a little shorter at 12 minutes. Do you think that made a difference? I bet if you're playing centre, it didn't make any difference. I don't I don't think it, I don't I don't think think so. it really did. They were obviously like lower scores because it was a bit less time, but mm. um, I don't think it made a huge difference. And obviously, uh, there were fans at the games. They all took place in Auckland. Was it weird seeing fans there? No, not for, not for me, because, you know, that's, that's what they're used to. Um, but so, it, isn't, it isn't what we're expecting in other sports. You know, over here we've seen crowd noise getting played in and stuff like that, and we've seen, we've seen empty stadiums. So there must have been an element of like, oh, yeah, that's happening there. It felt weird watching the first round when they had a couple of games without anybody there yeah. and that eerie tumbleweed silence. So it was quite refreshing to see, you know, there were um, spectators there. And even when you think about little league games, you know, just around the corner, you've got mums and dads, you've always got spectators of some type, haven't you, watching a game. So, yeah, it was nice to see them there. A treat yeah. for them. And uh, like I mentioned earlier, Sarah clearly buzzing about it being back because let's break down what your predictions were, right? And who came up top here? So, so, uh, <laughs> so um, it was Magic 40, Mystics 47. Mags, you went for Magic, Sarah, you went for Mystics. So did, well done, Get, get, in fact, do you know what? We won't open the kitty for money. What you can do, Mags, is, is bake a cake for every single, every single result Woo! you get wrong, yeah? <laughs> no pressure. Right then, we had Steel 36, Tactics 43. Mags, you went for Steel, Steel. Sarah went for Tactics. Mm. So once again, well done, Sarah. And you. finally, you both went for Pulse. So uh, it was Pulse 63, Stars 36. So well done, Mags. One out of three. And Sarah, 
Got the treble. Well done. Yeah. Oh, my this is my niche, obviously. Um, <laughs> 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 um, and of course, as well, it was Stars 49 Tactics of 43 from Monday. Now, girls, what was your highlight um, in any of the games, really? Uh, for me, I think it was the Mystics and Magic game. Um, you know, Sarah called it with the youngsters. Um, and, you know, to, to, is it Toyeva, if I pronounce Toyeva, it? Toyeva, yeah. Toyeva. My God. She's just amazing. And, you know, when you talk about having uh, experienced players on court who have, you know, been handed that baton of responsibility to, to lead and to be a good example, did she not just show? That's the clip or a game that you should show to um, um, teams when you want to look at pure leadership. A ball placement, a skill, looking after the kids, making sure she played them out of danger. It was a dream to watch. She was an awesome. It, it was so good because she was surrounded by by youngsters, yeah. like incredibly talented youngsters. Like yeah. Grace and Wecky is going to be phenomenal. She is mm. phenomenal already, the, the Mystic shooter. But she had Grace Wecky, she had um, Asher Grapes and, and Savior Tui at goal attack. And they all and, came and, on, didn't they? Yeah, and Taylor Ella, um, at centre. So she was surrounded by youngsters and did such a good job mm. as a senior player and, and got MVP for it. So, yeah, well done, Pestoyaba. Well done. Right, applause. Yeah, she was awesome. well done. Uh, and also, Pulse looks so strong. So, do you reckon anyone can stop the reigning champs um, who were on form? No. Full stop. Full stop. Not right now. I, right I now, no way. <laughs> I can't see. I can't see them not winning the league. Um, I can see them not winning every game because you know the likes of Mystics. Um, if they when they get it together, um, tactics are dangerous. And then I think we saw on Monday when when stars turned tactics over that was a bit of a shock result i think the teams in that league are pretty evenly matched and i think pulse are then head and shoulders above them all so they will have an off day and i think they 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 probably will lose a game at some point i just can't see them not winning the league overall well on that let's have a look at the score predictions for this week's round three are we ready get your crystal ball out sarah this is a tough round this is a really tough round but yeah. well Right, we've got tactics v magic. Mags, I'll go to you first. Tactics and what I've seen. You're going tactics, Sarah. I would have seen, I would have said tactics, but then seeing them play on Monday, they were pretty like they were really good at the weekend. They were really bad on Monday. Um, I, I might back magic on this. Ooh, so Mags tactics, uh, Sarah magic. Right, next up, mystics v steel. What are we going for, Mags? I'm going mystics. Mystics, Sarah. Yeah, I think Sticks will win that. You both agreeing on that one. Uh, Stars v Steel, Mags. Well, on yesterday's performance, when it was beautiful to watch Stars play, I'm going to go Stars and, and hope that the momentum runs over for them. Do you agree with that, Sarah? I, see, this is a tough one. Um, again, Stars have been really up and down. and ooh, I'm going to go Steel just so we've got something to chat about. <laughs> Controversial. <laughs> I like that. Right, then finally, Pulse v Mystics. Max? I think it's yellow all the way. It's got to be. This is the game Pulse. I can't wait for because I think, I think these two will probably be your finalists. Um, so, yeah, I'll go Pulse, but if they're going to lose the game, it, it could be this one. 
Oh, I like this. So you've disagreed on a few uh, and agreed on a few. So we'll see how the, how the land lies next week. Let's see who's putting the round in the pocket or if you're Mags, who's making a cake. Putting the round in the in oven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't Thank you. at home. Thank, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for that, girls. Before we wrap up this week's podcast, have you got any shout outs you'd like to make? Um, just to all the um, participation community netball that started to take place you know welcome back everybody and I'm sure everybody's chomping at the bit and excited to be back and just be safe and be careful absolutely and Sarah you always look a little bit startled when I ask that even <laughs> even though I ask every week I forget do you every have... week <laughs> any shout outs you'd like to make mm, no I don't think I do just same as Mags, you know, welcome back to everyone who's, who's been able to play a bit of netball and, um, yeah, keep it going. Well, pure enthusiasm there, Sarah. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, a shout out to you, Pear, as well, for coming on to Podcast 16. Can you believe it's Podcast 16 Can already? Madness. And we've done the bulk of them from home. Honestly, I think I know your living room's better than you pair do. Thank you so, so much. And thank you uh, for listening to Netball Nation. As always, if there's anything you want us to cover in future episodes, get in touch at My Netball Nation. Cheers for listening to Netball Nation, powered by Netball UK. Have a belting week, and we will see you next time. Bye, girls. Bye. Bye. Take care, everyone. This is Netball Nation. Powered by Netball UK. Shop now at netballuk.co.uk.